It's easy to be average. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? I'm proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who will win. Buckeye Podcast, by fans, for the fans, where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OH! Hey, welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I am Buckeye Boggs. That guy over there is the wild man, Chris Wilds. And tonight, we're going up to Minnesota to talk about the Golden Gophers, Chris. A little PJ Fleck for you tonight? How about that? Let's row the boat. A little, a little, a little sweater vest uh, running around over there in Minnesota. Little Jim Tressel, uh, uh, little little uh, leaf off his coaching tree, running around in the lakes of Minnesota, as you say, row the boat. So uh, let's talk about Minnesota here, real fast, man. So you know, as far as being a Big Ten fan and being being a Buckeye. There are certain schools that I kind of root for quietly. Mm-hmm. It used to be Northwestern. I was kind of a root for the underdog. Underdog. I don't know that I'll ever be able to root for Northwestern again after the scandal. You, that's you were a big Patty there. Fitz guy. You know you were. I I was a big Patty Fitz guy before I realized he was playing Patty Cake. <laughs> but another kind of team I like to root for is Minnesota. Um, do you remember the show Coach? Yeah. Wasn't that hey, Minnesota? It was Minnesota State. Yeah. <laughs> but it they had the same colors and everything. The same and his name was Hayden Fox, and he was based on Hayden Fry's, you know, as a character. And I believe when they would use highlights, they would actually use Minnesota Minnesota's, Golden Gophers yeah. highlights uh, when, in, the, in the show. But yeah, I don't know if that's where it comes from, but that's just a little uh, side nugget there. If, if you're young and you don't know what we're talking about, look it up. It's a it's a great show. Let's talk about Minnesota historically and how they did last year in 2022, shall we? Okay. All right, Chris. So Minnesota last year was 9-4 and four overall. Pretty doggone good season 
for P.J. Fleck and the Golden Gophers. Five and four in the Big Ten. This will be P.J. Fleck's seventh season, and they do not play in Lincoln, Nebraska. That is a mistake. They play in Minneapolis, Minnesota. You know, guys, I'm positive on that one. Absolutely positive, Chris. It's, it's, you know, I make these things from the templates, copy paste, and sometimes I'm in a hurry. Sorry. They play at Huntington Field Bay or Huntington Bank Stadium there in Minneapolis, 50,805 all time record, 731 wins, 537 losses, 44 ties for a winning percentage of 674. Their bowl record is 11 and 12. And conference titles, they have won 18. Now, it's been a long time since they've won a conference championship. But did you know, Chris, that if Georgia wins another national championship this year, that'll be the first team since Minnesota, who's won back-to-back-to-back national championships. Take that one to the water cooler, all right? I believe it was back in the 1930s or 40s. You'll have to look that one up. Uh, all right. Last year they beat New Mexico State, Western Illinois, and a, a, a Dionless Colorado Buffs, forty-nine to seven. Then they started um, Big Ten play with a thirty-four to seven shellacking of Sparty. Um, terrible three three game losing streak. Purdue, Illis Noise. I don't know who Illis Noise is, but uh, they were pretty bad. And Penn State. So lo- three straight losses there. Uh, I was really tired when I was making this last night, Chris. <laughs> I, I assume, yeah. Uh, illness noise. <laughs> yeah, they beat Rutgers, Nebraska, and Northwestern to get back in the winning ways before losing, I believe, an eighth or ninth straight game to Iowa, 10 to 13. That one's got to get broken. They got to break that streak soon. They beat Wisconsin. That's another rivalry game, 23 to 16. And then they beat Syracuse in their bowl game. I believe it was the Penn Strike Bowl, if I if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. 28 to 20. Vegas said seven and a half wins for them last year. You, uh, Chris, and myself, we both said take the over. Our prediction was 10 and 2. They won eight. We both won money. So you should listen to us, right? I mean, it only makes sense, right? Yeah, because Chris? our track record's so good. It's not bad, actually. No, on the not. on the preseason on the preseason uh, predictions, it's actually not too bad. So maybe you should listen to us. I don't know. I mean, uh, disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. Don't sue us, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, we can't that. <laughs> yeah. So, what did you think about Purdue last year? You know, I, I think I was a little disappointed. I kind of felt like. They should have have taken Purdue. I really feel like they were in and should have taken that game at Iowa. Um, you can't be disappointed when you got a winning season, especially if you're in the West. But I think the expectations were that this team was going to go in and compete for the Big Ten West, and I think they were the favorite to get the Big Ten West. And you know they they've underperformed a little bit. Um, I wasn't surprised that you know we we talked about uh, Mo Ibrahim. A little bit, uh, and uh, you know, I wasn't surprised he didn't have quite as big a year as you thought he was going to have. Uh, you know, he he did was coming off the major injury, and I think that was a major impact. Mm-hmm. I think a healthy Mo Ibrahim with the other people they had on this team, and this is easily a ten-two team. Okay, 
Yeah, I, I I agree with that. It'd be very interesting to find out this season how PJ Fleck uh, responds to a, a lot of turnover, especially offensively on this football team. Yeah. Um, his track record though is always when you don't expect him to do well, he seems to jump up and do pretty well. And then when you expect him to do really well, he kind of has a game or two where there's a letdown. So um, consistency is the name of the game for him. So uh, let's talk about that a little bit by welcoming in Kurt Felton from the Sky U Pod. He is the uh, pod podcaster for the Minnesota team uh, for Big Banter. Kurt, welcome in. And welcome back to the OHIO podcast, everybody. As you can see, we are joined by our special guest, Kurt Felton from the Sky U pod. And uh, we're so glad to have you with us tonight, Kurt. Talk a little bit about Golden Gopher football. I'm pumped to be here. Um, you know, haven't been on any of the other pods yet. So haven't been on video yet, like I shared with you guys behind the scenes. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so obviously we're glad to glad to have you on, and of course being a part of Big Banter, we we have thoroughly enjoyed working with all the other podcasts and previewing their teams, mm-hmm. and so we're excited to do the same tonight for Minnesota. All right, so let's start with the name of the podcast, and I know that that comes from what PJ Flex says all the time, and educate everybody on what is this whole Sky U mall or whatever he said yeah. what, what is this thing at minnesota so, going so on sky uma has actually always been with the university of minnesota um it goes back like 100 years or whatever um to be honest i always thought it was just the battle cry like i know it's from the dakota native american tribe that was oh. from here in minnesota okay um i actually had to look i'm not gonna lie i had to look it up when you put that question out to us that you're gonna ask me what it exactly means it, it i guess sky you means victory in this um, Dakota tribe language. And somebody on the rowing team is a story that I found, kind of coined it and added Sky U Ma to already fit in with the fight song, you know, like rah, rah, rah. And so um, that's actually been a part of the the U for, like I said, like a hundred years. PJ's added, you know, his own row the boat touch to go along right with that. So he's always row the boat, Sky U Ma, you know um so that's where that actually comes from that's been here before pj and then row the boat's been been pj's thing that he's kind of added with it and so you creatively kind of took that and added pod instead of mall to your podcast name to yep i that was that, uh, is... that, that was max one of our co-hosts um who came up with that idea um i wish i could take credit for it but it wasn't me but uh yeah no it was a good idea all right, so if you don't have it trademarked already and have it, <laughs> do, it. do it now. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> Minnesota will come after you. We're sure we, we, we've, we've talked a couple other podcasts. We are not the only podcast that has been sued by the university that we are covering. So trademark it. I'm telling really? you, get get ahead All of right. them. Yes, you better I, do it. To be honest, I didn't even look to see if it's been taken yet. So maybe I'm taking somebody's taking somebody's credit. I don't know. Nah, I think you're good. Just just jump on it. All right. <laughs> All right, Chris, what you got, brother? All right, Kurt, speaking of P.J. Fleck, what are your thoughts on the current head coach? Yeah, so I like to think I'm pretty uh, down the middle in my view of him. You know, I like P.J. Um, I think he's definitely proven that he's not just, you know, a lot of people like to throw out the used car salesman lying about him. Our rivals do at least. And um I think it's proven with the stability that he's brought to the program that he's definitely more than that. He is a football coach. Um, he does get the guys, the coaches around him that he needs to, to be successful here. Um, if you're going to point at shortcomings with PJ, um, I, you'd probably point to, you know, last year 
coming up short. Um, we missed Michigan and Ohio State in the scheduling. So when you're a Big Ten West team, that's kind of one of the first things you look at at the scheduling-wise is your opportunity to get into the Big Ten championship game. And so we've had some good runs under P.J., but um, his conservative nature in play calling, I think, at times is a detriment. But um, overall, I think he's a good football coach and happy to have him at the U. Well, that conservative nature comes from his mentor. Yeah, that's that's a Jim Tressel thing. Yeah. And, and so as Ohio State fans, you know, we all kind of we have one eye on PJ, um, not, you know, not to like steal him from you, but as as a Tressel guy and as someone yeah. who had coached at Ohio State, um, you know, we've always kind of had our eye on him a little bit, kind of watching his career. I'm not surprised by the success he's had at Minnesota. Um, you know, four out of six seasons uh, he's been there have been winning seasons. Mm -hmm. um, honestly, yeah, you know, having the ball team he had last year, I expected him to do slightly better than what he did. I thought it was going to be a crapshoot on who might come out of that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was big on Mo Ibrahim having a big year. Chris, on the other hand, was kind of not because of coming off the big injury and things. Sure. Um, but the the thing that I would say about PJ Fleck, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel he's adaptable because at one time you guys were a passing team and then you just ran the ball down everybody's throat. Like he's able to look at his roster and say, where are my strengths at? And that's very much a Jim Tressel thing. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, you know, the first year, that 2019, not the first year, the first big year, the 2019 season, the 11 win season he had, I think that throwing the ball around, I mean, we still ran the ball more than 50% of the time, but that ability to have big explosive plays out of the passing game, I think got people pretty excited as a, a possibility to separate Minnesota's offense from maybe what the, the, what the rest of the West was doing. You know, typically, you know, Wisconsin was ground and pound. I know they went in a different direction now. Um, Purdue was really the only team kind of slinging it around in the West at the time. And so we thought that was going to be ability to build upon from that. Um, and from that, it kind of went, like you mentioned, kind of ground and pound from there. And it's been successful, but at times it feels like PJ's kind of holding it, you know, a little bit too close to the vest at times. But, um, you know, this roster is set up this year to be able to throw the football around. So I'm hoping that you're right and that he is going to realize that. I'm sure he does, but um, that he just lets the offense flow to the playmakers and doesn't maybe step in and hinder it a little bit too much with this tendency to be a little conservative no you guys do have one of the better wide receivers in the league chris autumn bell in my opinion yeah um experienced uh talented it's only um, been here about 10 years <laughs> <laughs> right but you know that that accounts for something man yeah. uh that experience and so yeah i mean that's that's definitely someone on your roster i have circled as you know it, it you know i don't I don't think, yeah, yes, we admit we play yep. each other at the end of the season. That's right. Um, yep. Yeah, that's someone I've, I've, you know, hey, we're going to have to keep our eye on. Hey, um, him in that big tight end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. that's another. Mm -hmm. Span forward. Yep. You know, it feels it feels a little silly. I'm not going to sit here and brag about my receivers to an Ohio State podcast because you guys have had riches galore at that position. But, um, you know, we do have Daniel Jackson, who's kind of been a quietly productive player while he's been here and uh, he ended the game on fire last year. So we're all hoping he can pick up where he uh, ended last season. we got a couple of young guys, Lamecki Brockington. Um, and then we got the transfers in uh, the one from Western Michigan, uh, Corey Crooms, who's a 
slot threat and been a return man at times in his career. And then we also have Elijah Spencer, who looks like Chris Ottman Bell 2.0 in the spring game. I know that's a lot to take away from a spring game, but he looked pretty promising as well. And he's got a couple of years left um, of eligibility. So we actually got some decent playmakers on the outside this year compared to last year, where it might've been a little bit thinner for us. So what's the ceiling and floor for this team this year? Yeah. Um, I'm pretty optimistic. You know, I, you looking at the schedule, the schedule I feel like is being talked about a lot and for good reason, you know, we go to North Carolina this year. Um, I think a sneaky game is actually, we have the Raging Cajun at home a week before Michigan. Uh, we do have Michigan and Ohio state this year. Um, we're at your guys's place, I believe. And then we host Michigan. So helps a little, but not much. So when I look at that schedule, you know, I, as much as I'd like to pick us, I got to think we probably lose to you guys in Michigan. So that's two losses off the bat. Um, North Carolina, I know they got Drake May. They don't play a lot of defense there. I know they recruit well, so maybe it's the Gopher fan in me. I'm holding out hope for that one. I think that one's at least like a 45% chance that we can win that one. And so then it's just about if we can stay healthy because I think our starters are really solid. Um, D-tackle and corner, I think our depth is a little thin. We brought in a lot of bodies in the defensive backs in the transfer portal. And um, – we only saw about half of them in the spring game. So curious to see how that shakes out. Um, but if assuming we can stay relatively healthy, I think, you know, nine and three, I want to say 10 and two, but nine and three is probably the ceiling for this team. And then depending on how these transfers shake out and what the D line can develop into, which has kind of been, I want to say a weak spot, but we haven't generated a lot of pass rush with our front four in these recent years. Um, it's been a struggle for us and we don't blitz a lot. So kind of a bend and don't break defense. Our floor is probably six and six. I think we're good enough to get six and six out of this schedule. I know it's tough, but I can't see us go five and seven. Um, I think that'd be a pretty disastrous season if we went five and seven. So I'm going floor six and six ceiling, probably nine and three. I want to say 10 and two, but yeah. So the general consensus, if you go by the last couple of years, you're going to hit nine. Won nine yeah. games last couple seasons. I mean, it was eight and four, and then you won the bowl game. But uh, yeah, I that I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I, I might put the floor a little lower, um, but the yeah. ceiling, ceiling, ceiling at nine and three, ten two. I mean, you know, Iowa's going to be tough. Wisconsin's going to be tough. Oh yeah, you, you coin flip those games. You oh. know, uh, it's hard to tell what we're going to get from Nebraska. Um, they're, 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 they're like, Hey, we just got done talking to Nebraska guys. Uh, they're yeah. like, uh, if we don't win the West, we're fire, fire rule already. So <laughs> you gotta take everything they say with the grain of salt. Those guys are pretty nuts, especially on uh, social <laughs> media. I see a lot from Husker fans. I'm not trying to throw shots right now. No, but... no, we want, it's, we're, we're here to poke every bear we can or go, you for- know, I, Part of the thing I want—I forgot to mention this about PJ. Part of the fun part about PJ is that he's got so many quirks that drive you nuts, you know, from opposing teams, and it drives us fans nuts if you're not winning. But it just other fan bases go nuts when they lose to him, and he's had—he's had Nebraska's number here in his time here. So seeing them react to any PJ news or just any time he beats them is—is is always pretty enjoyable. So, Chris, um, is this—is this when we say who hasn't had Nebraska's number? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. We love you. We love you. We love you guys. <laughs> so, so, Kurt, you brought up the fan bases. 
And you mentioned your expectations. What do you think the fan base reasonably expects this year? Yeah, I've seen a wide range. Um, I think the fan base is probably overall hope. If you had to put one opinion for it, I think seven and five is like the minimum of what they want this year or what they expect to be like, okay, that's passable. We can be okay with a seven to five season this year, given the schedule and its difficulties. Um, haven't been Iowa and I think it's like eight years. PJ has not been Iowa and this is going to be year seven. I think it's been eight or I think it's eight years since we've won. So um, got to get that one. But uh, yeah, I would say the general consensus is like seven and five is probably what we're going to go with a ceiling of, nine and three probably floor of five and seven but yeah all right interesting all right so um i can't help it chris he's talking about pj fleck i just i i hear and see a little trestle that's what i just we know he talked um, about playing playing too close to the vest earlier and i'm thinking i know too close (laughs) to the sweater vest yeah 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 (laughs) Uh, um all right i don't I shouldn't be so hard because he has done a great job with this program. I just, I've been a fan for a long time and sat, you know, I had, I had season tickets as a kid in the dome days and we were not very good for most of those seasons. So I've seen a lot of bad football. So I am appreciative of what he's done. I just, PJ looking at the next doesn't know from hard. Let me tell you, you got people down here, myself at times included, who are ready to boot Ryan Day out of town half the time. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty crazy, but. Yeah. We have high expectations here. Different programs, different programs. Different All right, let's talk about divisions for a second. Last year yeah. uh, with the West Division, are you disappointed to see the divisions go? You know, I, I go back and forth about this. I don't I don't like the change in general that's happening in college football. I don't like the massive realignment. I'm still not, you know, Nebraska's here, which is fine. Like, they're close enough, but it, it still feels weird not to see them playing like Texas and Oklahoma and all that regularly to me. So part of me just doesn't want the change, but it's going to happen anyway. So it's fine. The sad part is, you know, if we didn't, or if we don't make the big 10 championship, because the West was really, you know, not having Ohio state, Michigan and Penn state, there is a huge plus to try and get, you know, recognition for your program. So to, to make a championship appearance, there would have been nice. So, I feel like we kind of missed out on that window we had. Um, but at the same time, I I like variety. I like seeing the teams across the Big Ten more frequently than what we get. Um, you know, I know Michigan's had our number and been a different program from way back in the day. But we do have a rivalry game with Michigan, the little brown jug, that I enjoy seeing played for. And I uh, wish it happened a little bit more frequently than it does. So I'm hoping that those games can come up a little bit more frequently than they have. Um, And, you know, to make the big 10 championship game, most years you probably had to upset one of the big teams in the conference anyway, to make it um, just with how close the West was. So you had to upset an Ohio state or a Michigan or someone tough on your schedule to make it out of the West anyway on top. So that's probably going to kind of be the same thing for if you want to make a big 10 championship appearance going forward with, you know, USC coming over now, UCLA, that'll be, that'll be different, but you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm really not that scared of them yet. I know maybe, I mean, USC is a different animal, but um, you know, I'm curious to see how they're going to adapt to like playing over here come November and December. 
Um, yeah, so. well, I would say USC, actually, it's not going to be too big of a change for them. They play Notre Dame late in the season. That's so true, yeah. They, they've they they've gone to South Bend and played in snow. Yeah. So it's not, it's not like it's going to be completely foreign to them and their program. Right. But um, UCLA might be a little bit of a different story. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, it's interesting when we talk about the, the elimination of divisions, you know, we've talked to the Rutgers guy and he's like all for it. And then you talk to like the Nebraska guys or the Illinois guys. And they're like, "Eh, not really happy about this. And it's like, it depends on what side of the spectrum you're on. And the thing that I've always kind of, if you go back to back before we had divisions back before Nebraska and or back before Rutgers and Maryland joined and we split Mm -hmm. into uh, six and seven and seven, you know, there were times when an Illinois, at times when a Minnesota, uh, there were times when even a Northwestern yeah. jumped up and had a year. Mm-hmm. And so I I don't know that it it's going to necessarily demoralize everybody in the West. I kind of feel like it puts everybody on on an even playing field because at the end of the day, will it, will Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State, one of them probably be in the championship at least once, one of them a year? Yeah. But that's not to say that someone like a Purdue or an Iowa or a Minnesota can't, you know, go on a nice run and, and go uh, seven and two and have the tiebreaker over a Michigan right. or something. So it, it is different. And and so we'll see. I, I kind of am waiting to see how it goes before Agreed. before we see, you know, and again, you got UCLA and USC, and we all know there's going to be more teams added. And when that happens, then we're in the pods, and it's a right. completely different story altogether. So, yeah. yeah. Chris, what's the last question you got, brother? So just, just before we finish on that one, Kurt, you're just not ready for the two super conferences yet, huh? Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, it no, it's not. Oh, you know I mean, it's coming. Yeah, it, it is coming. You can't, you know, that's the one crappy part about college football getting as big as it's been. It's just more money in it. So teams are going to move to where they got to get the money to, you know, build their programs the way they see fit. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I'm a traditionalist, I guess. I like to see things, you know, I like, I like the traditions. Minnesota's got plenty of traditional rivalries with teams. I don't want to ever see those goes away. I don't think they will, but, um, you know, other teams, yeah, it, it is what it is. I think the, the NCA messed up, well, that, that they messed up all the time, but I think the playoff committee should have been, I think it should have been eight teams from the get-go. I think eight teams makes the most sense with with the five power conferences having automatic bid, the conference champ. That way that conference championship game still remains important. And then you can take three at-large teams, and then if someone's going to complain that they're like the ninth team, you can always point and say, well, you should have won your conference then. To me, that just made the most sense going that way. Um, what It's going to be 12 in two years here or whatever. So, yeah, you know, I, I know as a Gopher fan, I should be pumped because that increased our odds. But I I don't know. I don't know. 
It's kind of a lot. Don't worry, the sixty-four team tournament's coming, right? Yeah, exactly. Just like basketball. Yeah. Money to be made. All right, Kurt. Last question. If there was one thing you could change about Minnesota football, what would it be? Yeah, I took this question a couple different ways when I when I saw it was gonna be asked. So I guess I'll take the first one would be so the local media here we do does not give fair coverage really to the Gophers. Um for whatever reason, there's like this weird rival rivalry that Gopher fans will talk about that like the Star Tribune has. It's like they anything they can post that's like negative about the football team, they they go ahead and write it up. I'm not really sure why. Um, I guess the latest example is like, you know, when sports were getting cut for COVID reasons and loss of revenue, you know, and then the coaches at the football team got a pay raise for success they were having. They were instantly the bad guys according to the newspaper and all that stuff. So just shots from your the own local paper that writes about the team. You know, it's hard enough. Like there's not a lot of diehard golfer fans, or at least not as many as, you know, like obviously Ohio State or even you know, Iowa's fans are like so die hard that they're going to be with them no matter what. You know, there's a lot more like lukewarm fans in Minnesota. So I just don't think the local press, you know, does any does us any favors when they don't uh, help out the team. But that was the one thing. And then if we're going more like actual team schematic wise, um, you know, I kind of referenced it earlier. We don't usually have much of a pass rush with just our front four. So schematically, I would like to see us blitz the passer more often. We are one of the least blitzing teams, I think, in the Big Ten over over uh, Joe Rossi's tenure here as a defensive coordinator. So um, sometimes you got to get a little bit risky to force a play on on defense, and uh, especially going up with like Ohio State or Michigan. So maybe a little bit more blitzing on the defensive side of the football. I'd like to see that mixed in. But those are the two things that came to my mind. I like the media I- one. I really thought it might have been something about two years ago when Ibrahim went down in the Ohio State game because I'll tell you what, you guys had Ohio State on the ropes and we're you, you know you guys were looking towards a pretty strong up. season that year. Yeah. Um yeah, and that sucked for sure. But honestly, I love Rossi. That was probably one of our worst defensive performance. Obviously it's Ohio State, so I'm trying to keep it in perspective because your guys' as athletes, you know, had a great team that year, but um, catching CJ Stroud early in the season, that was probably going to be his, and he still had a great game, but one of his worst games that he was going to have. And then, you know, the play that always sticks out to me, I was at the game, but the little dump off, uh, to, to Henderson. And then there's just, yes, yeah. he's an amazing player and super bad, but there's just nobody even within 15 yards. And we just turned and went untouched. I'm like, that can't happen against these guys, but you know, yeah. it is what it is. Maybe. Maybe we can have another great game uh, this season at your guys' place. So, Hey, there you go, man. Kurt, tell everybody where you, they can catch the Sky U pod. Yeah, so pretty much any uh, place you listen to podcasts. We're on Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts are the main two. So Sky U pod, uh, go for football podcast. And we are Sky U pod one on Twitter, uh, working on getting the Facebook and YouTube channel set up. So those will be coming, but yeah, check us out. Sky U pod one at Twitter. And yeah, thanks for having me guys. That's awesome, man. We're glad to have you in. Good luck this season. Yeah, you guys too. And we want to thank Kurt for joining us uh, on uh, the OHIO podcast here from Big Banter and Sky U Pod. Again, Chris, another great podcaster. Yeah. Like like the dude a lot. It's hard to really jive and like uh, 
poke and 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 you know banter with some of these guys. They're also doggone nice. I'll have no problem with it. Once the season gets going, the competitive juices will be flowing, and uh, I'll run my mouth a lot. That's that's why I pay you the big bucks. That's right. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the uh, projected lineups for PJ Flex Golden Gophers this season, shall we? Okay. All right, let's start with the offense first, Chris. At quarterback is Ethan. Boy, I mean, you've had a day for names, haven't you? <laughs> I can get this one. Calicamanis. Nice. I think that I think I, I actually it. think I nailed that one. You did. All right, redshirt sophomore quarterback. I'm actually I'm actually pretty high on on Ethan. I think he yeah. can be pretty good. Um, he's had a couple seasons to develop and get ready for what he's taking over. And they bring in a transfer at the running back position and Sean Tyler, who's pretty good as well. So I think that there's going to be um, there's that for him. Look at the wide receivers, Chris. Oh. Chris Autumn Bell is back for like a 10th season, like Kurt said, right? right? Daniel Jackson is a senior. They bring in Corey Crooms Jr., who's a senior. Um, this is a senior, talented, laden, wide receiver room. At tight end, one of the better ones in the Big Ten, Brevin Spanford, another senior. The question is... Can Ethan have time to get them the football? Well, let's take a look at the offensive line. Tyler Cooper, fifth-year senior. Nathan Bow, fifth-year senior. Quinn Carroll, fifth-year senior. Aaron, Aaron Tay Ursery. Maybe. Probably didn't do as well on that one. Fourth-year junior. Ariante Ursery. Thank you. That was really nice. And then Marte Lewis, redshirt junior, fourth-year junior. That's a lot of upper-class linemen. Not necessarily experienced, but at least an upper-class lineman. So you've got mature, older, physically grown men protecting you. I think this could be, if not the best, one of the best offenses in the West this season. I'm not going to tell you who my favorite offense is yet, but this one is is at least my second favorite one, tied if not slightly ahead of Iowa. And what gives them the advantage is who's calling the plays in Iowa is why Minnesota might have a slight advantage offensively yeah. there. Your thoughts I'll, on their offense, Chris? I'll tell you. You know, nobody is happier to see all of those seniors on that line than Sean Tyler. Um, like you said, grown men out there throwing the other guys around. And, and this is the other thing. The, you mentioned the fact that they are fully grown, mature men out there on the field. You know what else mature men have that some of the younger guys do? do, do, do yeah, do, do not. There we go. I'm starting to talk like you. You're, you're talking like my spelling right now. <laughs> I am. What what these guys are going to have that some of the younger guys don't is patience. Mm. And the other thing with that, more patient people don't tend to make mistakes. They don't tend to to hold and and try to get out ahead uh, and commit false starts. Right. So I think that is going to be a huge thing because I think that they have the potential to be great. I really am very high on 
their their uh, tight end. Um, Spawn mm-hmm. Ford, you know, he's a huge target. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a wonderful, wonderful security blanket. He's going to be huge in the red zone. Good blocker too. Good blocker. And, so, and like so, you said, Chris on the bell just yeah. And and don't and don't forget, um, I think it was two years ago, and they might, I don't know how much they did it last year because I'll be honest, I didn't watch a ton of Minnesota last year, but mm-hmm. I watched a lot of them the year before that. Um, they would they would come in with those you know, like the six lineman look in the, in the tube and and like literally shove it down your throat uh, on short line goal line. And I can see them doing a lot of that again this year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this is a team that the the big thing that they're going to have going for them. And you talked about it early on about the the turnovers last year. I don't think there's a team that's going to turn the ball over a lot. There is so much senior leadership on this team. But I think this is going to be a team that, while they may not be the most talented, I think they're going to play a lot of mistake-free football. And that's kind of what Kurt was alluding to a little bit in the more conservative play calling of P.J. Fleck. Younger quarterback, um, understands that he's younger, going to be more conservative in his play calling, probably roll him out more on passing downs to split the field for him. Um, a lot of misdirection type of stuff. Yes. Um, you know, say, you know, third and long, let's not turn it over here. Let's go ahead and see if we can't catch him with a run on like a third and 12 and they hand it off on a delay handoff or something and then punt it and let the, and let the defense get the ball back for them and get him, try to try to win the field position type of game. Um, I, I do think though, given the wide receivers that they have, I would not be shocked if he does change it up a little bit and you start to see them pass more on first down. Yeah. And you may see a much more even distribution of pass to run as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, the last few years we've seen a whole lot of running. Mm-hmm. When, but, but they've had the horses in the backfield. But that's it. Their backfield has been just jammed full of talent. And so, they've had pretty good offensive lines. Yeah. You know, so pass blocking is going to be the, the name of the game, I think, this year for Minnesota. Let's take a look at their defense now, Chris. Mm-hmm. All right, defensively. Up front, Kyler Ball, redshirt senior. Jay Joyner, redshirt junior. Danny Strigo, redshirt junior. Devin Eastern, redshirt sophomore. So uh, one senior, and then you got two fourth-year juniors to go along with a third-year sophomore. At linebacker, a transfer, Ryan Seelig, redshirt senior. Cody Lindenberg, great linebacker. Getting yes. used to that name. Redshirt junior, Cody Lindenberg. Joey Gerlach, redshirt freshman. So a youngster getting in there a little bit. Pretty decent linebacker group led by Lindenberg. At quarterback, another transfer. Trevin Jones, redshirt senior. Justin Wallies, a junior. Of course, they lost Terrell Smith to the NFL. And then at safety, Tyler Newbin is a senior, and Darius Green is a redshirt sophomore trying to replace Jordan Howden, who also went to the NFL. Dragan Kesich, or Kesich is the senior kicker, and Mark Crawford is the senior punter. So that looks like the defense. It's not a necessarily a well-known. There's not a ton of stars on that defense, Chris, but I will say Lindenberg's a pretty pretty good stud at linebacker there. Yeah, he is. That that's your that's your diamond in the rough, so to speak, for your your defense. Uh, I think he's got a lot of talent and he can create a lot of havoc. Um, 
the good thing again, you're talking a lot of experience. There's a whole lot of experience on this team. I think the big question is, again, as it is with most teams, is can you pressure the quarterback? I mean, you've got a lot of guys in there with experience, or a lot of guys with age and maturity, but do they have the experience and the talent to get there? And I think that's the big question. This team, I think, with what they have, the potential for an offense, doesn't have to have a superb defense to be competitive in the West. Well, it's like Kurt said, they, they're they going to play a bend but don't break style of defense. Yeah. Which, given that, given as a that Browns offense, fan, I hate ever hearing that, but given that offense, though, it makes sense. Yeah. Because if you can trade touchdowns for field goals, you're in good shape. There you go. Absolutely. And that's so, exactly what they're going to look to do. Yeah, I think so. Keep keep the scoring lower, get some touchdowns, hold them to some field goals, win by four, seven, eight, nine points. I mean, yeah, I, it's kind I of the formula it. he's gone with. Yeah, it's I been pretty it successful. Super high powered. I don't see this team going out there and putting up 45, 50 points a game. But, the, but that, that, team, that offense is good enough to score in the 20s consistently and speaking in the 30s. I was going to say 28 to 31 a game, I think, is ideally their goal. And then hold the other team to 15 to 21. Yeah. That might be a little bit easier said than done defensively, but. It is. But I, I, I get your point. I get your point. That's what All their right. goal is. Let's take a look at this year's schedule, shall we? All right. So beginning the season, Chris, they uh, start off with a huge game. I think that's a Thursday night game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, because yeah, cause September 2nd is a Saturday. That's when yes. Ohio state plays. So this, you and I both will be in front of our TV sets that night, just soaking in the Minnesota Nebraska season kickoff, man. That's going to be awesome. Um, that is going to be a great game. I think it's a coin toss, little bit of a coin toss. I give the advantage, slight advantage to Minnesota there. Yeah. Sept- September 9th, Eastern Michigan. That's a win at North Carolina on September 16th. What do you think, Chris? I tell you what, I like Minnesota here. I really do. The, I think uh, the NCAA is not a great yeah. defensive league. Yeah, that's like Kurt said, North Carolina doesn't play much defense. So Minnesota's at least going to bring their defense and running game to that, to that game. So um, I kind of like their chances there too. At Northwestern – that should be we, an auto. We auto are riding Northwestern off pretty much at 0 and 12, I think, after everything that's going on. <laughs> Just about, I think so. Yeah. Versus Louisiana, Kurt, you know, Kurt said, watch out for that one. I think this should be a dub. Versus Michigan, that you know, let's be honest. If you if you keep the game close, that's that's great for you. Bye week at Iowa. They haven't beat Iowa in a long time, and they're that's in Kinnick. And Kinnick, yeah. that's. It's going to be rough. Versus Michigan State. I think they win this game. Yeah, I, I think at this point they've only got two losses to this point in the schedule. And, you, you know, I think that that's that, – they may be the first team that Michigan actually even plays. Maybe they can sneak up on Michigan. There you go. Well, Harbaugh will hope – well, not hopefully. He but should Har- be back. Harbaugh should be back by self-imposed. then. Yeah. All yeah. right. So – this is the real Illinois, not the Illis noise, if you watched our last preview. Yeah. Uh, November 4th, hosting Illinois at home. I think having that game at home is big. It's huge because I'll tell you what, 
Brett Bielema has Illinois headed in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This I can't remember. I'll be honest, Eric. I can't remember whether I picked them to drop the Iowa game and beat Illinois or vice versa. I can tell uh, you I just a my, second. When I did my original picks, but I am pretty sure. You have them winning this game. Yes. You have them losing to Iowa. Yes. Okay. And so, I think I agreed with you. Let me look at mine. Yep. I, I, same thing. I'm, I'm, I'm in step with you on this but, prediction. But you know what? This is a game where, and I talked about it a little bit ago, they have to play mistake-free football. Yeah. Because Bielema's group is opportunistic. They need to go on the road on November 11th and win that game at Purdue. They need to yes. win Illinois and Purdue because at Ohio State versus Wisconsin to end their season is brutal. Brutal. That's two L's. If you drop if you drop Illinois in Purdue and then come to Columbus, that's gonna ruin your season because you're 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 might end up losing the last four games of your season. And could and the, the good news is they should be almost bowl eligible before they play Michigan. Yes. So all right. So let, let me break this down for you. Cause uh, Vegas Vegas sees a little bit of, of what we see could happen here at the end of the year because Vegas said six and a half, which means you've got to find seven wins to make money off Minnesota. If you take the over. So Nebraska, Eastern Michigan, Northwestern, Louisiana, that's four. That's four wins. We think you should have North Carolina is a coin flip. If you could win either North Carolina or Iowa, that gives you five. Michigan state is now six. Now you have to beat either Illinois or Purdue to get to seven. That's how it has to. So you have to either beat North Carolina or Iowa, one of those two. And then you have to beat either Illinois and Purdue, one of those two. And then you definitely need to beat Michigan State to get, and Nebraska, to get to that seven. Now here's the thing. You and I, Chris, we both predict eight and four here. Mm -hmm. We're both saying we think they win those games. Um. And looking at the offense, I'm not too terribly scared about that. But before we dive into that, let's hear what Brandon Jensen has to say and his prediction from Big Banter. What does the smart money say, Brandon? Uh, Brandon Jensen, uh, lead betting analyst at Big Banter Sports. Glad to be on the show. We will move to Minnesota. Seven and a half. Over is plus 130. Under is juice to minus 155. Tanner Morgan, or yeah, Tanner Morgan gone after six years. Mo Ibrahim also gone, and Trey Potts, their second leading rusher, has transferred. They bring Ottman Bell back from injury, who's in his sixth year, who I think should be able to steady the passing game. But they have crossover games against Michigan and Ohio State, a non-conference road game at North Carolina, and outside of Northwestern, the West has improved pretty good. So. Seven and a half. I don't think I can find eight wins there. So I'm going to be going with the under seven and a half. Thank you for that, Brandon. All right. So, Chris, six and a half. We both say eight. We're both pretty high on them. I, I think PJ Flex earned my trust in him winning some of those close games. Yeah, I agree. And, and Eric, for me, I'll say it right now. I think they go five and zero oh into Michigan week. I think they beat North Carolina. I think they go 5-0 into Michigan week. 
And I think they do come away with Michigan State, Illinois, and Purdue. I think they yeah. get to the eight wins. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I, I think they do as well because I have them losing to Iowa, uh, Michigan, Ohio State, and um, Wisconsin. And go don't don't drop your head, Gopher fans. If that's how this ends up, that's a pretty good season. Yeah, for for a first year starting quarterback, you know, a new running back after having the depth and the experience you had in the running game, um, with some of the question marks on your defense. If you go eight and four, I think that's legitimately a pretty good coaching coaching job you've done right there. Yeah. And they definitely have potential for nine because they're going to get to a bowl game. Mm-hmm. Which is what they've done. They've gone eight yeah. and four, won their bowl game, and finished the season nine and four. We're pretty much saying, yeah, there's a there's that's a theme the here. That's the there's standard, a, yeah. There's a theme here going on. So that's kind of our predictions. Any? Uh, what's your last thoughts on Minnesota, Chris? Um, You know, for me, I think it's going to be an exciting team to watch. Mm-hmm. I, I think that they may start off a little slow, but uh, I, I do feel like this is a team that can be explosive by the end of the season. Yeah, pop your popcorn for that first Thursday night I think game. it's going to be a fun one to watch at Ohio State for about a half. It might be. Um, yeah, I, 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 I can't wait for that Nebraska-Minnesota game. Yeah. That I, is, I love the fact they're kicking off the season on Friday night. On a Thursday, on a Thursday oh, night. Yeah. On a Thursday, Thursday night. Yeah. Big, big implications in that first game for both teams, man. It really is because you've got PJ Fleck who needs to set set the tone for that season, but at the same mm-hmm. time, you got Matt Rule who wants to go out and set a winning tone and get a positive attitude going for Nebraska right out of the gate. Yeah. Mark that one on your calendars. That's going to be a lot of fun, guys. All right, that's our show for tonight. Please like, share, subscribe. It really does help out the channel. We really do appreciate it. Ring the bell. You'll be notified. We've got six more previews coming your way. Next up, I believe, is Maryland and I believe either Wisconsin or Penn State, one of the two. Um, but uh, we got we got six more of these. And uh, and then it's time to kick the season off and get st- and get started, Chris. And I can't wait, man. This is this, oh, I, I love know. doing these because it just gets me ready for football. Oh, I know. You know, I, I am so excited for this season kicking off. And the closer we get, yeah, you know, the more the the anticipation is there, the more hope is starting to spring up in there. The more that I'm thinking. Yeah, we're gonna be okay at quarterback. Yeah, we we our offensive line isn't quite as bad as what we saw in the spring game. Right. You know, hope, I, hope springs you, eternal, baby. Hope springs eternal. And you know, by the time that Nebraska Minnesota game rolls around, I'm gonna be telling everybody how Ohio State's gonna be undefeated at the end of the year. So you heard it from Chris right here on the Minnesota preview. Still gotta sneak in some Ohio State talk. That's how we are. It's what an Ohio I do. State podcast. It's who That's we are, right. man. That's why you need to that's why you need to follow us, even if you hate us, right? That's All right. right. All right, guys. Thank you so much for checking it out the show. Until next time, Chris. OH. I know. Go. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $129 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $249 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.